0: This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter.
1: This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd.
0: This is Ben Sears at Ben
2: Sears on Letterboxd.
0: And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. I did not have my notes up at all. Shocking. <laughs> yes. Hi. Uh, hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where are a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our podcasting at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. And, um... Uh, oh, God. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. And if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer, where at the $1 per month level, you'll get access to over 125 exclusive B-roll episodes. And at the $2 a month level, you get that plus uh, TV re- reviews and reactions. I've done weekly recaps of The Falcon and the Winter, S- Winter Soldier. And, um, also I have a complete series kind of reaction to NBC Superstore. And then at the $5 level, you get all of that, plus commentary tracks for movies like Ex Machina, Throne of Blood, Sunshine, and, um, Seven. And finally, at the $10 per month level, you get access to all of that, plus early access to uh, podcast episodes and previously unreleased content. Um, you Again, that's at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. So... Okay, that was a mouthful. So I am joined today by Tiny and Ben. How are you guys doing tonight? Bueno. Wonderful. Nice. nice. We just recorded a very lengthy uh, Patreon uh B-roll episode. Do you guys want to share your thoughts about um that and try to get people to
1: to to subscribe? Yeah, it was there's a lot going on in the world today, so we had a lot of things to talk about. Yes. Yeah, it's 420,
2: so Oh, shit, yeah.
0: um oh what was it oh okay so i i'm in a group chat with my friends molly and yuri and i don't i don't do drugs or anything and i've never done the marijuana or anything (laughs) but i i i just i just i just said this to them this morning like well like when i was like in bed and i was like trying to get up to get ready for work and everything um but it it sounds like the most um the most stonery thought like ever um, <laughs> and like this is why i don't do drugs or anything because this is like This is me default. This is me sober. But my my message was, what if hair just kept growing after people died? And instead of grass, cemeteries just had hair coming out of the ground. That was all different colors and consistency that needed to be cut and mowed regularly
1: the fuck is wrong with you
2: is this the the newest q drop or
0: something i think so um this was actually when this was when i was it wasn't when i was in bed it was when i was at work um but that was at 7:24 a.m so um so yeah anyway
1: you would be so annoying hi I, uh,
0: as opposed to how i am sober <laughs>
1: Oh my god. Um
0: yeah. So what do you guys wow. think about that? The idea that hair might grow and uh and That's terrifying. Not right? That's Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of cool. It's gross. Yeah. But then I thought about capitalism and everything and how, you know, cemeteries and like funeral homes would build that into it like, well, you know, you're not going to have to worry about this now, but Here in like probably 80 years, like your ancestors are going to have to, you know, have to help with the upkeep on that when it starts growing out of the ground. So
2: stop thinking about this, please. This episode is off to a great start. It really is. So weird. (laughs) Okay.
0: Speaking of weird, tonight (laughs) we are going to be reviewing the uh, HBO Max um, original docuseries Q Into the Storm, which is a six episode docuseries documenting um, the rise and dear God, hopefully fall of the (laughs) QAnon conspiracy Dipshit stuff, and so this premiered. This premiered on um, HBO Max, um, and on March twenty first, and uh, we're going to talk about that um, here in a bit. But I do have some stuff that I want to talk about um, before we get into it. Um, we, so. Kind of in in terms of housekeeping and feedback, I do want to mention one thing that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about on Anthology, which is my solo podcast. If you guys want to hear me talk about The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer, I personally... Um, I, I'm not fishing for compliments, guys, but I am on a roll with releasing Anthology episodes. Like, I don't think I've ever been this productive with Anthology, like, ever. <laughs> so I have, like, a few episodes, like, in the can. Like, um, if... Um uh I don't know if the secret cabal uh abducts me tonight mm. to to like pump me full of Adrena chrome and <laughs> like eat me or something um I would I already have 3 anthology episodes ready and scheduled and like it'll upload Damn bro I know well, that's I'm a relief so I know right <laughs> But the reason I bring that up is because one of the biggest things <laughs> One of the biggest irritations that I have with the Twilight Zone in terms of the uh, 2019 Jordan Peele produced reboot, um, which Tiny joined me on to review the first season on Anthology. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the issues that I have with the criticisms of that is that people were like, oh, there's there's too much. There's too many politics and and current events in this. It's nothing like the original Twilight Zone. It's too woke and everything. And it's too too reliant on its messaging and everything. And it's like it's – it's presupposing that science fiction is separate from social commentary. (laughs) Right. And that always bothered me. But this run of episodes of the original series that I um, am at now in the podcast just made me even more angry at that reaction because there's an episode called, in season three, I think it's like episode six, it's called The Mirror, where Peter Falk plays a Central American um, revolutionary who is literally patterned after Fidel Castro. And this episode was written like m- like a few months after the Bay of, Bay of Pigs invasion um, wow. and everything. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, not political at all or anything. And then the episode, like two or three episodes after that, <laughs> there's an episode where a Nazi general goes back to Dachau concentration camp, and is faced with the consequences of his, like, his inhumane and, and his his uh, um, horrific um, actions at Dachau. At Am I pronouncing that right? Dachau. Yeah, Dachau. 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 Yeah. And, like, I'm just like, okay, yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, the new Twilight Zone had an episode about police brutality and uh, a police officer killing a, a black man. But oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to be too political on the Twilight Zone. Like, God, <laughs> fucking
1: shut up. <laughs> Not just Twilight Zone either, but all a lot of sci-fi.
0: Oh, yeah. Like The right? Day
1: the Earth Stood Still, mm. one, one of the most famous sci-fi movies of all time mm-hmm. is really about, like, self-destructive, all yeah. kinds of social commentary there. Yeah. yeah. Planet so- of the
0: Apes has, right. like, uh, 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 evolution versus um, creationism kind of stuff. Right. Even yeah. something as modern as, like, Avatar mm-hmm all kinds of unobtainium commentary. yeah yeah. Um, right. yeah It like that is that that's a good point avatar is yeah. like it's just it's it's really about like pumping in as much money as you can to make a shitty movie <laughs> um and that's about consumerism and everything. oh my
2: god man i knew i'm glad sure. we can finally talk
1: about the issues here yes newish arrival then i'll say Arrival.
2: oh, right.
0: oh god i love arrival thank you um can't wait for dune <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> okay. But yeah, it's all, it's all sci-fi. It's it's a yeah. pretty common thing in sci-fi actually. Yep. So I agree with mm-hmm. you. Um yeah. But at least like the biggest science fiction property um dare I say the biggest IP on the planet isn't doesn't have any toxic fans or anything. Um
1: Yeah, Star Trek. I know right. I wish Star Trek
0: was <laughs> like <laughs> as, as big as Star Wars. Um but apparently Star Trek also has that same issue, like Star Trek Discovery, people are like, Oh, there's yeah. too many politics. And like it's just it's I don't know. Anyway. People are stupid. They are. They are. Yeah. So thank you for listening, to The Absensive Viewer Guys. Um, okay. Uh so before we get into our review and everything, um, a trailer dropped. Do you guys want to talk about the Shang Chi trailer? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, so Shang-Chi comes out in September. Uh, September, yeah, and it stars Simon Liu, who is in or was in since it got canceled. Uh, Kim's Convenience. Have you guys seen that show at all? No, Nope. Okay, it's pretty good. It's it's um the misadventures of a Korean uh, Korean Canadian family running a convenience store. Um, it's on Netflix. It's really good. Like it's it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so Shang Chi uh, is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and uh, what do you guys think of the trailer for it?
1: Looks pretty kick ass. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think this movie seems like. Um, one of those what ifs where there's a bunch of like potheads like sitting around talking about like what if like you had a like a really kick-ass martial arts movie but it had all the money and the power of marvel studios behind it like that's what this looks like right so, i mean i know nothing about the source material mm-hmm. didn't recognize any of the actors but i was like i'm on board this is freaking cool
2: same yeah i nice. uh i had no intention i mean i'll i'm sure i probably would have gone to see it at some point but i had it was very low on my radar and i just watched the trailer earlier today and uh yeah it looks great um i am a little preemptively worried about aquafina and her role as the uh comedic relief Mm -hmm. which i mean she's funny and she's good but i just hope that it's not you know one of those kind of basic
1: roles
0: yeah yeah
1: i had a similar thought because it was like well this is like uh, you know a, a movie heavily featuring asian people so we have to get aquafina for it mm-hmm. right even though it may not be the right kind of role for her or <laughs> kind of like um lowest common denominator for her i don't know mm-hmm. yeah not sure but yeah i had I'm, a similar thought yeah
0: i'm so back and forth on aquafina and everything because i loved her performance in the farewell yep um but every like aquafina e performance is like toning down just a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was pretty annoying and crazy rich agents. So,
2: did you guys ever see her show on Comedy Central? I no. forget exactly what it was called. Uh, no. Something from Queens or something.
0: Oh, I I saw it advertised but I don't um yeah, no I never saw it. No. Um, in other news, also related to the MCU, by the way, uh, Shang Chi is called Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, which is interesting because I th- believe the Ten Rings is, um, is like a uh, terrorist villain organization in the Marvel canon. That is, I think it's. I think it. They were the ones that uh, um, took. Tony Stark. <laughs> hmm. I think that was the implication in Iron Man one that they were the ones that held him hostage and everything in the cave. Hmm. Um, hmm.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Just another talisman. No. Oh, yeah. Like the infinity stones or the mother boxes or the, oh, right. Uh, what's it called? The anti-life equation. Yeah.
0: What's the anti-life equation?
1: Justice Just League. Just C-
0: oh yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of those things. What's another one? I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Yeah comic book movie is going to comic book movie numerical talisman (laughs) yes that's my rap name (laughs) Um, so uh okay and then the final kind of thing or another thing on that same subject is that uh i can't find the news articles about it um but uh black widow it's going to come out in july and it was is is it going to be day and date with theater and Disney disney plus
2: i think so yeah
0: yeah um What'd you guys think what do you guys think of that
1: <clears throat> I never was overly excited about it just because mm-hmm. it feels um,
0: because it has a woman in it <laughs> no because it
1: feels perfunctory
0: <laughs> oh, it yeah.
1: feels like they're just like well we have to give her a movie so mm-hmm. let's do this and it just yeah I, 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 it could totally be good and I'm gonna see it mm-hmm. for sure but it feels um it feels kind of fan servicey and it feels uh, almost like inauthentic 5 years too late. It, I was just going to say know. it feels like it?
0: 5 or 6 years too late. Yeah. Um
1: yeah. But I yeah. hope I hope it's good. I am a little morbidly
2: curious though because I mean it's got Florence Pew and right. David Harbour so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh those are big marks in its favor. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> right.
0: I am am very much I am looking forward to it specifically because of Florence Pew. I I love Florence Pew. I think she's very talented. And Terrific. Awesome, yeah. So um yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. The
2: uh the Shang Chi trailer though did make me even more excited for the uh is it the Eternals that Chloe Zhao directed? Yeah, Eternals. That's gonna come out um that's It's point. not coming out this year, is it?
0: um i want to say it at one <laughs> at one point it was
2: <laughs> Who it's, the fuck knows, no. they probably delayed it till like may of next year
0: as of right now according to imdb it's expected november 5th 2021 oh yeah okay yeah. i'm looking forward to that i mean the cast jesus angelina jolie salma hayek richard madden uh Gemma chan kid harrington wow brian tyree henry um, uh, oh God, what, uh, on Nanjiani, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. Ben, how do you feel about the kind of trend, uh, and maybe we've talked about this before, but the trend of Marvel kind of scooping up more kind of like indie or acclaimed mm-hmm. uh, filmmakers for big blockbuster stuff?
2: Um, I don't mind it. I think it's an interesting way to go, because mm-hmm. um, it it uh, gives them a chance to like put their own kind of personal spin on these mm-hmm. superhero formulas. You know, like uh, I I don't know what a different director would have done with Black Panther. Um, right. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Examples of that that we've gotten so far, really. Um, I mean,
0: well, actually, not even Marvel, but Star Wars, uh, Ryan Johnson, The Last yeah. Jedi. Um. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know that it, pretty much everyone just says, like, especially with Chloe Zhao, like they're just afraid that she'll just get sucked into the Marvel machine. But yeah. I don't really. Th- foresee that happening a whole lot yeah. I feel like especially with her granted I don't I've never talked to her or anything right. but Yet. Um I feel like she has more important stories to tell or more mm-hmm. por- personal stories to tell so yeah. um, I, I don't think she's been working her whole life just to get on the Marvel payroll
0: right and I think this is where it kind of comes into that whole like one for them one for me mm-hmm. kind of old adage of, of hollywood tiny what do you make of this what
1: make of what sorry i didn't oh
0: uh no uh um uh, <laughs> uh no uh like indie independent filmmakers or like you know filmmakers that are like on like festival circuits or or gotcha like claim stuff jumping to marvel because gotcha. they're they're a hot commodity
1: i'm all for it um just because i think uh it kind of breaks up them not the monotony but it breaks up the patterns I guess mm-hmm. um, I've, I've always thought it'd be cool to see like a highly stylized director do Iron Man like, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how how Crazy fucking cool would it be to see Terry Gilliam do Doctor Strange? Oh God! Oh <laughs> Jesus! You know what I'm saying? Or like huh. like, like David David Lynch doing the Hulk, uh, right? Yeah. You know, or like, like Soderbergh or something. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, but like I mean, it, it didn't work out that great with Hulk in 2004. Oh yeah, <laughs> only. On um, which I, I never saw it. Yeah, mm. it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I thought. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of gets unfairly ripped a little bit, but. It was it was a little too cerebral and kind of kind of goofy, but anyways, I, I I don't think we should judge or you know um, base the whole premise on that one movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be cool to do, but I don't think it's going to be a thing. Really, it's yeah. it's too risky. I guess mm-hmm. that's not what most people want from their superhero movies. They want to Marvel wants to sell toys, yeah, and merch.
0: The mm-hmm. comparison to Ang Lee's Hulk is interesting because that came like before like the big comic book boom before the MCU blew up yeah right. and like I think I, I granted I haven't seen that movie but I understand like like you said it's kind of a creative spin or a very specific spin on a comic book property but I would I would wager that it's incredibly difficult for nigh impossible for um, like a, a close out or a Oh, another filmmaker um, <laughs> that's been enlisted into Marvel's um, machine to have them do something like specifically unique to their style, like on that level of Hulk. Yeah. Um, because it's part of that tried and true decade-long machine of the MCU. So. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. It's uh, a.
1: It's still a business at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So anyway.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, are there? Have you guys watched any other trailers for that you're excited for or anything worth worth talking about?
0: So, I, I'm going to, assuming that we do a potpourri section, I'm going to talk about a movie in potpourri. Okay. But I want to sidebar and talk about my experience watching that movie um, in this section. So... In a roundabout way, I did see some trailers because I went to the movie theater. Hey, Uh, girl. Yes. it's Hashtag hot girl summer. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, I went to the movie theater uh, yesterday um, at 4.50 p.m. um, in Indianapolis. Um, No, so I am working full days in the office now. Um, I'm vaccinated. Uh, Yesterday was the two-week date of getting the vaccine, the Johnson and Johnson. So I am considered fully vaccinated and everything. And I don't want to say that I'm a hero, but I'm a superhero. <laughs> and um, so um, I've long said that I the second I'm able to go see a movie in the theater, I'm going to go see a movie in the theater because I had not been inside a physical movie theater since March 11th, 2020. And that is by far the longest I've ever gone without going to see a movie in the theater. Um, asterisks on that. I did see, uh, Oh God, Vertigo, vertigo and rear window yep. at Tibbs drive in last year, but I have not been in a physical movie theater in over a year. So, uh, after work, I went to uh, the AMC on the south side, and I saw a movie. Um, so <laughs> uh, I was very excited, like I'm, like I'm legitimately excited. This was a big moment for me because I hadn't been in the theater for a long time. And uh, it was funny because the movie I saw was Voyagers. And... Uh, a month ago, or a month and a half ago, I saw the trailer for it, and I even tweeted about like this movie looks just absolutely horrendous. Mm. <laughs> and then when I was looking at the times and everything for for the showtimes for the movies, I was like, "This is the only fucking like this is the only showtime that matches up with my schedule." <laughs> so I went and saw Voyagers. I'll talk about that in Potpourri. But the experience of going into the movie theater just felt just so so good. Like it felt just really soothing to my soul. Um, it's really cool. That's it. That's it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when when are you guys gonna go? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really
1: set a date or anything like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. I I believe we talked about it last time, but mm. I'll definitely be there for Quiet Place Part Two. Yeah. Oh, I did Memorial see the Day for weekend. That again. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. Uh, I forget if we've talked about this on or off mic before, but uh, there is a new theater that's open in Indy. Are, it... Either of you guys heard much about it? No.
0: <laughs> Where is
2: it? It's it's part of the new like Bottleworks district downtown, like oh. also, off oh, of Mass yeah. Ave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called yeah. the Living Room yes. Theaters.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard about it. I don't know much of anything about it.
2: Yeah, um... I don't remember exactly how many screens it's got, but it's, I want to say like five or six. Like if you go to their website, they've got a pretty good lineup. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a mix between, um, the Keystone theater and just a regular, you know, AMC or whatever. Uh, like, I think they've got like Godzilla versus Kong, but they, they've also got like really small indie movies and like international movies. Um Such that like sweet. you you don't even see at uh Keystone. Um so I don't know. I'm I'm excited to check it out. Uh the pictures that I've seen it looks really cool. Nice. So that's awesome.
1: I'm glad they finally remodeled that area over <laughs> there it oh, really yeah. really needed it.
2: Yeah and I haven't really like, I haven't been inside any of the other buildings or anything, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all over Instagram and it looks pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've heard the um, is it called the garage where yeah. all the it's mm-hmm. like a food court basically, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to go there, that looks really cool.
0: Yeah, hmm, um, yeah, I'm looking at the website ind.livingroomtheaters.com, yeah, um.
2: And yeah. it's a super small chain. Like, there's only like three theaters that this company has across the country.
0: Yeah, if you go to livingroomtheaters.com room it has the three. <laughs> it has Indianapolis, Indiana, Boca Raton, Florida, and Portland, Oregon. Um, nice. That's interesting. And I need to figure out when, like, what Can Can Cinema is doing. Um, because God damn that place! Yeah, I feel so terrible for them. Because like they, I mean, within uh, like within a month before everything shut down, like I went, I went with some colleagues from the IFJA to tour that building because they were about to open, and we even talked about it here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then everything shut down. Like I remember when when we went or w- when we went to that theater and we were kind of checking it out and everything, giving a tour like one of the guys was like, uh, like went to shake my hand and then he was like, no, no, no. And then we like, we bumped elbows. Um, and at that time it was like, that's like the cute thing that we do. <laughs> but now word of a people. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely uh, want to check that out.
2: Um, I, I have a friend who is kind of in the know with that kind of stuff and I haven't talked to him about it lately, but, um, I saw, I forget when this was, but I saw on their website, they're going to do like outdoor screenings Yeah. of some, some movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, cool. Yeah. And, Cause they were doing a Mad Max Fury Road, but they had to cancel it for weather. Okay. Like this past weekend, I think. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you can still do like virtual cinema through them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, there was one that I was interested in. Or like an Oscar movie, I think that uh you could buy tickets through their like virtual portal or something. Yeah. So that's cool. You can support them support them that way.
0: Yep. Hmm. Uh cool stuff. Check that out at ooh, I had the website right here. CanCanIndy.com. That's kankan ycom indy dot com. Um yeah, and then the final thing I want to bring up for this is that speaking of uh Indianapolis and independent things and film things and festival things, Um, the 2021 Indie Film Fest just announced their uh, lineup and schedule and everything. Um, So I should have had it prepared here. Um, I'm just going to read from the website. I don't really want to read from the website. Um, Yeah. So they're going to do, I guess a mix of, Um, I'll just read it. Okay. The team came up with a unique way to maximize the virtual experience to create a more manageable way for our fans to discover all of this year's feature films and shorts programs by dividing them up into three weekly blocks running from April 29th through May 19th. Each block will highlight eight to nine feature films and four to five short shorts blocks, setting the pace for you to be able to easily gobble up the films our screeners have so have been so busy, busy curating for the past six months you may want to consider an all access pass um so yeah uh, bonus each block will be kicked off with a thursday night double feature at tibbs drive-in where we'll be showing some cinematic gems in a safe uh, alfresco environment we're calling it uh night movies <laughs> and we think <laughs> you'll love it um so yeah so indie film fest they are doing the virtual thing as well as um tibbs drive-in screenings again um this year i've got to say last year um the the virtual cinema stuff worked like gangbusters um, with Indie Film Fest, so I'm looking forward to checking out uh, checking that out um, here. What, what do you yeah. guys what, what What do you guys think of Indie Film Fest? Uh,
2: I uh, browsed a little bit through their uh, lineup earlier today, and I mean, I I didn't recognize most of them, but mm-hmm. uh, there was one that I did, and I think. Both of you, I know Matt. At least you did watch from Heartland last year, Belly of the Beast. Yeah. Did you watch that one, Tiny?
3: Belly of the Beast. Yeah, Yeah. we reviewed it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay,
2: so that one's going to be there too. Um, Nice. There was there's a uh, a short that was on the short list for the Oscars called Da Yi that ended up not getting nominated, but uh, I watched it. Before the nominations were announced and I I enjoyed that one. So uh, a good option there for shorts. I know the opening film at Tibbs is called like the dry and it stars Eric Bana. Yeah. So
0: Hulk himself. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm just browsing the, the website. Um, here. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to check out some stuff at Indie Film Fest and, um, Oh, that's nice. It it reminds me. It uh, still has me long done from last year. Anyway, um, so yeah, and so maybe we can do an episode after it's done. Cool. Yeah. If, okay. If we all kind of see something, mm-hmm. see something, say something. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah. So that's Indie Film Fest. Go to I think it's IndieFilmFest.org dot uh, for more information there. And uh, do we have enough preamble? Is this is this, is this enough? Uh, yeah. Enough to before we get into our review. Tis. Okay, so we are going to be reviewing Q Into the Storm, the six-episode docuseries on uh, HBO, HBO Max, and all that. So I, we're going to do a non-spoiler, I guess, if, if, that's, if that's possible, um, for, uh, for Q Into the Storm, and then we'll do a separate spoiler section. So I'm going to play a clip from the trailer now, and then we're going to go into our non-spoiler review of Q Into the Storm. In 2018, I set out to chart Q's origins. I wrote the
3: first part of 8th channel while I was coming off of psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> you can really find yourself falling down a hole trying to find out who Q is. I'm pretty sure Q is a spin-off from Star Trek.
2: Q is whatever you want it to be. Sometimes they'll even think it's me. I have a question. You're going through a possible list of who Q might be. That's right. <laughs> You're on the list. Well, oh, let's continue then. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> Q Into the Storm is a documentary series about the QAnon phenomenon. Um, terrible moment in our uh, <laughs> current history. <laughs> Um, uh, plot summary courtesy of IMDb is when documentary filmmaker Cullen Hoback sets out to uncover the forces behind QAnon, his attention turns to 8chan, the site where Q posts. So, guys, um, before we get into kind of our non-spoiler thoughts on the docuseries proper, well, what was your guys's kind of position, um, or knowledge base for the QAnon conspiracy, um, <laughs> batshit insanity before going into the docu-series and, uh, and yeah, what, what did you guys think?
2: <clears throat> uh, go ahead, Ben. Uh, total nonsense. Uh, I was going to do a bit, but it's just not worth it. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, just total garbage and only the, uh, most gullible people, uh, it's, seems like have bought into this and not only that but the people who uh continue to uh push it along like the the uh q tube personalities and the freaking elected congress people that are uh, (laughs) pushing it now um and just all of the dangerous stuff that has been brought forth into the world because of it um yeah uh i wish i wish we could go back to a time when it did not exist, yeah,
1: yeah. that'd be nice um yes, it would i remember i think it was probably twenty eighteen twenty nineteen was q when q was starting to blow up um mm-hmm. I actually, I never, I've never been on 4chan, 8chan, or 8, mm. 8coon. I've never been on any of those. Right. Um, I'm way too intimidated and frightened to go on there. Right. Um, but, like, I, I I read some mainstream articles about it, and I actually, like, went to maybe Reddit, where mm. they were posting some of the Q stuff, and uh, I actually, like, like looked through a bunch of the quote-unquote Data. Mm -hmm. It was during the Pizzagate thing. Oh yeah. And so it was all. It was like the raw emails and stuff like that. Like the the Podesta Podesta emails, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like the Podesta emails and all that shit. And so Mm. I was looking through them, and I remember. I remember thinking, I was like, "This is." fucking weird like it's Mm -hmm. they're talking about hey you want to get a pizza you want to get a cheese pizza for an hour i'm like (laughs) it's pretty fucking weird like i don't know what this is but Mm -hmm. i'm not willing to to entertain Mm -hmm. the notion that there's some fucking child (laughs) you're not gonna make that leap from exactly and and, and this email could be fucking bullshit like it could be something that somebody totally just made up like i have no i can't i can't go down this rabbit hole with Mm -hmm. you and um then one uh, like a year or two later the guy who we were talking about on Patreon,
0: mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash slash ObsessiveViewer.
1: Yes, yeah. he posted a YouTube video uh, mm-hmm. from from a YouTuber, I believe, and it was like something about Anthony Bourdain, some like specialty special he did for Discovery or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Nat G or whatever, like that. And he he was supposed to have been part of the sex trafficking, the the underground um, Hollywood mm-hmm. child. Pedophile thing, whatever. Yeah. And uh, they were showing clips from this special, and he was at this restaurant with, I think, Obama, uh, Barack Obama. And Mm -hmm. there was a sign on the wall that said, like, all of our products are made from fresh non-gmo thing it was like a very arbitrary sign Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were like if you trace the origins of this sign back and i was like i'm out (laughs) i'm out i'm out i'm done it was like five minutes into this 25 minute video and i was like i'm done (laughs) there's there's (laughs) nothing there's literally nothing there yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh those are the two times that i gave q any any moment of just Mm open-mindedness and and i was like i you had two chances and i I, it was a couple minutes worth of quote-unquote or research
0: two chances one one chance i gave you and second chance hitting the floor (laughs) Um. let it go matt (laughs) (laughs) um
1: so those are my two experiences with q and Mm. i was not even close to convinced. um
0: yeah yeah so I,
1: i it was it's been a huge uh a huge boon to politics in the United States. And it's been highly corrosive and just a horrible thing.
0: It, it really has. And my kind of history with it um, has been just actively avoiding it um, to the extent that it's just like, okay, it's, it's too, it's too batshit insane. It's like, it's way too out there. Just the things that I piece together or put uh, kind of here in there and everything um the pieces that i hear and everything it's just it's too out there to to be anything that would i would kind of waste time uh you know entertaining or anything and like our friend on facebook he he's all in on it and like over the last year i got very um aggressive about posting um you know, anti-Trump political posts on my Facebook and, uh, he would pop up every now and then and be like, well, what do what do you think about this? And like, to his credit, he is the one person who would interact with me from the opposite side of the position that I was taking and be actually kind of like respectful. And like, I mean, it's all batshit insanity and everything, but like we would have a cordial conversation and everything. And, uh, yeah, having said that, I, The fact that it originates in like 4chan and 8chan is like, okay, it's literally an anonymous posting (laughs) on the internet. And like my big kind of thing was that when I posted about um, the Atlantic article where Trump is quoted as saying that um, dead and injured uh, soldiers are losers and suckers, Mm -hmm. like the the just – Complete knee jerk reaction from people that are supporters of Trump and people who are supporters of QAnon um, was that like oh so you'll you'll just believe like an uh, an <laughs> unidentified source in this article I'm like yeah it's that's fucking journalism <laughs> like <laughs> they have laws where they cannot print that like they have the source but they keep that anonymous because that is what journalism is and they run the if they printed a complete fabrication they would be on the line lo- on the hook for lawsuits and everything you're following a fucking post from an anonymous source claiming to be a high-ranking official and <laughs> leaving these just fucking insane breadcrumbs for you to piece together in your fucking um uh echo chamber um <laughs> what's wow, what's the word i'm looking for like um echo chamber uh confirmation bias echo chamber Mm -hmm. um which is my rap name um so (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway so yeah that was my position on QAnon and everything and uh and what did you guys think about the documentary series how did you how did you feel about the approach to it it's kind of um i don't want to say it's not a fly on the wall thing it's it's kind of a journey through multiple years of following some instrumental people behind the scenes of the platforms that the Q drops appear in, and, and um, how did you feel about the way that the documentary was was presented and kind of overall broad thoughts non spoilers on the documentary series Q into the storm?
1: Well, uh, it ended up being pretty interesting. I, I think um, it was a pretty impressive piece of documentary filmmaking, uh, just for how long how long this guy stuck with it Mm. uh cullen hoback he was two i mean over two years of filming i mean uh, almost three years of filming uh it's pretty incredible but um i feel like the the six episode run was just um i thought it was kind of taxing like i think it could have been seriously like two episodes shorter Yeah. yeah um there's a lot of um it's it's not like any it's not like some of the there was just some some fluff in there a little bit of fluff in there that mm-hmm. uh, some backstory that we didn't necessarily need and uh, some things were explored more than I think was really necessary but uh, it wasn't un- it wasn't uninteresting it's just I knew that I, I, I wanted him he, he was supposed he was going to, he was building to a conclusion <laughs> at the end and it's like dude, let's get there like right. this this is not this is not serving that purpose so mm-hmm. let's table this and get back to the real issue here so mm-hmm. um I, and, and i definitely wouldn't use the word sloppy it's not sloppy mm-hmm. at all it's just um it was just a lot there was a, kind of a lot of fluff and so i think mm-hmm. it could have been two episodes shorter um but there's a lot of really really impressive skillful um interviewing stuff and uh you know some of the editing is really well done.
0: I liked a lot of the graphics stuff too. So the graphics and the presentation was was really cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, the other guy that we referenced in Patreon that was following QAnon and has a public Facebook profile, mm-hmm. um, he, he had posted something saying that, like, uh, like recently, saying like if if Q if Q is wrong and and uh, Q is Q isn't real or whatever, all of that's a hoax or just a conspiracy theory. Why are numerous podcasts and HBO putting so much money into discussing it and everything? It's like. Because it's showcasing how fucking stupid it is. <laughs> they try to take
1: over the country.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
0: ben, overall broad thoughts, non-spoiler, um, into the storm.
2: So I don't know about you guys, but I had pretty much known um, at least the side of the like 8chan the stuff with mm. uh, the Watkinses and Frederick... Uh, is Frederick, Frederick Brennan, Frederick Brennan. I had already known that stuff, uh, before I started this. Um, I, uh, I don't as much anymore, but I listened to the reply all podcast Mm -hmm. and they did an episode, uh, at some point last year where they pretty much talked about this this entire side of it like the drama between the the three of them and the theories of who among them could or could not be q um it even included this stuff with um the guy from south africa um uh, forget his name. Paul Ferber. Yeah.
1: He was one of the moderators. Right. Yeah. So it included
2: that. So when that stuff came up, I, I had pretty much already known about it. So, um, that, that whole aspect of it wasn't too surprising to me. And, um, I mean, there, there are definitely some details that, uh, the filmmaker brings in that I didn't know about before. Like the, the pig farm stuff was pretty weird and the mm. porn stuff was pretty weird. Um, so I didn't know that, but uh, the rest of it, like the whole creation of 8 and the, the theories of who might or might not be running the Q account, I had pretty much already known all of that going into that. Okay. Plus, like, I mean, the whole origins of Q and the followings of Q and all of this, the, the whole cult of Q and whatever, uh, it's pretty well documented at this point. Like the, there's articles, you know, in New York times and the Atlantic and, uh, just about every, every major news outlet has run a, a piece about either what it is about Q that people get sucked into or just how it has destroyed people's lives and relationships. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. That's, that's just what I, uh, what I kind of got from it early on. Okay. Like
0: destroyed people's lives and relationships because they went all in on it and ruined their relationships with other people. Yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I had never heard
1: of
2: because they like they isolate themselves so much
1: mm-hmm. from
0: other people. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 I had never heard of Fred Brennan or either the Wat- Watkins. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I, I feel like I heard about the Watkinses in passing, um, but to to your point, Tiny, and kind of my overall thoughts is that it was it was an engaging documentary series. It was it was interesting. Yes, it probably was a little too long. And I think the reason for that, from my perspective, is because it 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 morphs more into a documentary series about like 4chan and 8chan and the kind of the uh, free speech of it all, I guess, and how, how like it does take this kind of very long look into how how these things fester and create this movement um as misguided and moronic as it is and deadly as it is um it it does go into detail about that what i wanted more of and it's something that we don't get much much of is <clears throat> a deeper dive into just the pure insanity of the theories like mm-hmm. they touch on the JFK junior thing and um, like Pizzagate and and all that stuff, but it's just more like okay, this is what they think, and I, like I want, and this is something that was not the like not the thesis statement of the documentary series at all. So I'm not faulting it for it, but I would love to see or read, um, something that explores like why it <clears throat> why it uh, creates <laughs> something so like versatile or or so infectious into someone's mind. Um, And then also I wish they would have spent much more time examining the political aspect of it and how it like led to the insurrection in January. Um, That's what I wanted more of. Um, And I don't think it delivered quite as well on that um, by any stretch. But again, I mean, that's not really what it was going for. But once we got into the, like, once the countdown began toward the insurrection, I was like, I was much more um, engaged and interested on in that. Um, and I wish that there was more of that. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. There's uh, one of the uh, the QTubers uh, that he interviews. At one point, she's like, she says something like, like, you could tell me just about anything right now. And I'd probably believe it. And he's like, what, what, what if I were to tell you like aliens exist and they are in that house over there? And she's like, yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) And like, he, he just kind of dangerous, he just kind of like leaves her hanging, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, I would have liked to see him like follow up on that and see what exactly it is that Mm. she would and would not actually believe
0: uh was she the one that had the sign on her whiteboard that was something like my kids have paws or something <laughs> uh maybe she was the one
2: that was like she used to be like a legit journalist uh and then she was like the blonde yeah. lady, yeah, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah. lived in like Florida or something mm. yeah
1: yeah i th- I think it would be very fascinating to see the for someone to explore the the psychology of it mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and how these people get sucked in and then how it's so isolating and um, similar to the, um, gosh, what's the documentary um, uh, that we saw last year about Trump, like the psychology of oh, Trump? Oh, uh,
0: yeah, um, un-
1: yeah. Hashtag unfit. Hashtag unfit, yeah. yeah. That would be interesting to see mm-hmm. professionals explore this. Yeah. Um and, and it would have been it'd be even more death because uh, that that documentary n- no one actually talked to Donald Trump but like right. these mm-hmm. people the Q yeah. people are more than willing to talk to them. so it would be really they'd have like you know firsthand data and that would be mm-hmm. really interesting to see and so I watched this with my wife mm-hmm. and that's what she thought it was gonna be oh really because like I told her I was like hey there's this documentary about Q do you want to watch yeah. it with me and she was like yeah I really want you to
0: your Q shirts and... <laughs> <laughs> totally but she
1: you know she after the first episode she's like yeah this isn't what I thought. I was gonna be in <laughs> I was like well I can watch it by myself and you don't have to watch yeah. it but she was she was a little um, not turned off but she wasn't as intrigued by yeah. what it actually was mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, anyways but yeah I, I agree it'd be interesting to see some more to see this more fleshed out
0: yeah and I will say I mean it's been you know obviously a couple months since I upgraded the equipment and everything a couple months a month and a half something um, I will say that the couple of Q tubers that like the the man and wife Um, Husband and wife, the people, the pair. Um, There's a shot where I believe their uh, mic stands are these same mic stands. Oh, shit. Yep. Whoa, it's all connected. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These mic stands are
1: 17 inches long. 17, Uh guys.
0: 17, oh, shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah. They're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I found really... by being kind of disappointed with the route that the documentary series went, I did find like more a, attachment into it in my attention with the way that it just kind of did put that limelight on the the Q followers and how it presented this. Because like the thing that I kept thinking about and, and the thing that I've kind of thought about in the couple weeks since I've seen it is how... Um, and I don't, I don't think it's addressed in the documentary series at all, but it's like this, this isn't something that just necessarily popped up out of completely out of nowhere. Cause we have shit like jackass Alex Jones and everything, which by the way, again, referencing the, uh, podcast stuff, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, oh God, what was it? Oh, I don't know what. Um, oh yeah, that was a whole thing. Um, anyway, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about, uh, cute. No, about um, <laughs> podcast equipment and everything. And like every single one of them. And I know, I think Tiny, I think you're a fan of this, but um, every single one of them is like, well, if you want, if you, this is the equipment you need. If you, if you want to have a good like Joe Rogan sound, it's like, okay, Joe Rogan isn't the only fucking podcaster. <laughs> right. Also, I can't fucking stand him, and he gave a fucking outlet to Alex Jones who fucking harassed the parents of Sandy Hook victims um, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, fuck him. He's trash. Anyway, so, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, Alex Jones. And then also, like, the the whole, you know, jet fuel doesn't melt still beams, the 9-11 truther stuff, it yeah. feels like that's the precursor to this whole thing. Right. To this Q thing. Yeah. And the other thing that I found really... The, the other thing that really kind of wrapped me into the into the kind of narrative or the story of this documentary series is that I equated it to like kind of traditional um uh cult stories um like cults and everything that prop up and like how they use. Like a, a conventional cult, like a Jim Jones or you know any of the other ones, they come up. They they um they appeal to vulnerable people and manipulate them. And often it's like um a power thing or money. They, they all that. I'm thinking of the movementarians in The Simpsons, the Joy of Sect <laughs> um, episode. Um, yep. <laughs> the leader is good. The leader is great. We surrender our will as of this date. Um, but it's all kind of, at its heart, a lot of, like, a lot of cults are about power and sex, violence, all that, and also money and everything. The thing that is deeply disturbing and scary to me about the QAnon phenomenon, um, is that it's much more chaotic than that. It is this fucking, like, just dumpster fire of a thing, but it's this, just this, blanket thing that attracted people for what end like like there's no like i don't understand like what the point was it's not like right. a gift or anything it's just chaos and that's just deeply disturbing to me
2: yeah the the most disturbing thing to me is yeah they will almost believe anything mm-hmm. distrust pretty much any major trustworthy institution mm-hmm. and anytime that they are factually and proved wrong based on evidence they find some way to twist it into no we weren't wrong this was right this is what they meant this is what was happening so that is that is what's disturbing about it and what will uh likely prevent it from ever fully going away Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and it i agree what's disturbing is that like Matt said, like well, to what end? Did they yeah. did they what did they achieve? And yeah. and I think it's, I I think, I, I don't know what they were trying to achieve, but I think what they did achieve is they they wanted notoriety for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it, and because there's no there wasn't really money right. involved in this, not not really. Um, and I I think people who are who frequent sites like 4chan 8chan 8 kun are they they revel in the idea of being a troll yeah and this is like the ultimate troll Mm -hmm. this is like the ultimate troll and and it's that they were hugely successful with it and that that's a really really horrible reason to rip families apart and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know partially destroy the democratic process and and, or want to destroy the democratic process. Just the the inspiration behind it was, was one of the more disturbing things.
0: Yeah. And I think that that is kind of the underlying like reason for it being like it wanted to disrupt the democratic process. If that's, if the end result was specifically because they wanted to keep Donald Trump in power or something more nefarious or just for destabilizing, um, politics in the u.s or anything i i don't know but it's it first of all it's crazy to me that they got kind of close (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's scary but also and this might dip into the spoilers a little bit um we can kind of talk more in specifics and spoilers i'm trying to think of what spoilers would be (laughs) but um anyway um it also kind of like that whole idea of like 4chan and 8 Chan and stuff, like that kind of edge lord, like, oh I'm gonna be as offensive as possible because free speech and everything. That as as I as I as I've grown into my Twilight years, um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh that is just something that I just can't entertain any like at all. Like, it's just it is the dumbest fucking most juvenile bullshit it's thing. It's so juvenile. Right? It's so dumb. And it's, like, that whole, like, oh, you're you're a snowflake and you're triggered. You're a soy boy or whatever. It's, like, <laughs> like, just fucking, oh, God, just shut up. Like, it's not... It's not an argument. It's not. It's not an argument. Yeah. It is projection of the highest sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is just the most, just dumbass thing. And it's, I mean, again, this is what's going to kind of get into spoilers a little bit. But it is pathetic like it is just blanket term pathetic and i've yeah. known people who like frequent like 8chan and 4chan and they get get their rocks off on troll trolling and everything and i'm like that's just it's so it's so dumb it's just it's so dumb to me and what i found really kind of a a kind of twistedly funny aspect of this documentary series is that the a lot of the players involved in in the kind of Kind of uh, edging or like edging on or edge lording on uh, the QAnon kind of thing seem like they're just as sad and pathetic as yeah <laughs> as the people that are that are being roped into it and everything and like I don't have any sympathy for really anyone right um with this because it, it is just it is demonstrably a a um just it, it is a chaotic thing that is brought about just for sheer entertainment value on for shitty people
1: right and it has real consequences i think yeah. that's um one thing that's disturbing like t- trolling for me i can actually find it very entertaining sometimes but mm-hmm. but only when it's like I said, this has real world consequences. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, they treat it like it's just something, right? Yeah. But you're actually shitting on a person. I think, I think trolling is effective and entertaining when someone is being, when you, when it's in response. To someone being ridiculous, yeah, or being right. an asshole, yeah, right, and trolling them is that—that's when I enjoy it, and I think getting it's their, and it's it's comeuppance,
0: yeah, right, and, get, but, and getting their kind of getting their ire up because they're not responsive to you or anything, right? That's um, that's when
1: I think it's justifiable and when I find yeah. it entertaining and fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a this isn't a spoiler, but like there's an inter- interesting line that Fred Brennan says where he's like he he realizes. Uh, they reference these shootings that happened and these, Mm -hmm. these shooters post their manifestos on a Chan and Fred Brennan says, you know, he he said that that was where before that moment he had, he had seen the internet and, and these sites like this, he had seen them as a form of entertainment and something fun and and a bastion of free speech. But he said after that point, you know, it, it, it became too real and he said it like it mm-hmm. became it, it, it affected the real world it wasn't just right. on a screen in front of me anymore like it was something that actually overcame that barrier and became it has real-world consequences and I thought yeah. that was incredibly poignant it, it made me think back to when like uh, 10 years ago when i had a similar notion mm-hmm. i think it was during the boston the boston bombing oh yeah um people were on i believe reddit yeah and they were like analyzing photos and like doxing people yes. that like weren't even close right. to the bo- like basically trying to find suspects and mm-hmm. i remember thinking like wow this is really dangerous yeah, oh, um, yeah. and just the concept of doxing someone mm-hmm. it's incredibly dangerous right uh, so. yeah
0: i've i've had uh, a lot of fun doxing people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Although I technically did in Patreon. I'm going to have to edit that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like uh, things like that, like doxing people. Like, okay, there's a thing that, and I've talked about this on the podcast and probably on Patreon, I'm not sure, but there's a there's a trend on Twitter. Um, I haven't seen it much now, but like anytime like someone is, there's like video of like a dude like using the n word or something like a white dude like being aggressive towards someone and like calling them like an epithet or something um there's all like someone will post it on reddit and be like all right reddit do your thing and then like the fucking trolls will like find out who this person is and post like docs them post their information and everything and like have have it be like well Um, I'm, I'm sure that his, his employer probably won't, uh, won't like to know this or whatever. So here's the employer's number and everything. It's like, okay, in certain respects, I get a certain amount of schadenfreude out of that. Um, because shitty racism, shitty racist, fuck you (laughs) like that. Just blanket statement. If you're comfortable enough to antagonize someone in public and use like, very obscene and harmful language at them that the language itself is a weapon like that is purpose like the only context for for you to say it is to be you know hateful toward them um you deserve any any consequences of that but (laughs) to have strangers on the internet, track this person down and publish their information. Like, like one time that happened, that exact situation happened. And I kept thinking, all I kept thinking was like, yeah, this guy is fucking garbage, but also, um, he, maybe he has a family. (laughs) You're posting information that can find that can Mm -hmm. put his family in danger. Like if he has kids, his kids weren't saying that to them or anything. Um, you're publishing his, his employer's information. He's at like a fucking mall food court. He's not working there. He had, like He's not doing this un, under the name of his employer or anything like that. And like I said, he might have a family. Like, okay, you're purposely searching, seeking out vengeance to get him to lose his income. It, it's just, it's, I don't That kind of thing is like fucking the dangers of, of the internet. It crosses the so, line. Yeah, yeah. But also, racist bigot, fuck them. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, I got off track of where I was going with that. What, what were we talking about? <laughs> so,
2: I have some formatting questions for you guys. Okay. Would you have preferred that the documentary stick strictly to the Philippines stuff with the Brennans and the Watkinses and their like their drama and how that played out?
0: um like with the whole 8chan thing
2: yeah just the behind the scenes stuff and just kind of ignore the stuff about like the rise of q and the in the states cuz like i said that that aspect of it i feel like has been pretty widely reported i mean granted he started this in the early days of it yeah. in 2018 but
1: um i i didn't find that that interesting actually mm-hmm. the whole um H uh, chan changing hands and stuff yeah. like that and how that the three of them eventually kind of parted ways and became enemies and stuff like
0: that. I The social network type of story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't find it all that interesting. Um, yeah. With the exception of how the law works in Phil- the Philippines was kind of mm. fucked up where he yeah. was like facing jail time for mm-hmm. uh, the slander I guess is what it was. Um, that was kind of fucked up, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't find it that interesting. I was more, I, I I think obviously you're right that it had, that stuff had been reported about what Q was and how it worked and all that stuff. But I, um, I think it was, I think you had to have it in the documentary and I I wasn't personally as familiar with it. Um, as you were, like I said, I had never heard of Frederick Brennan or either Mm. of the Watkinses. Um, so I, I was more interested in that stuff. And, and who Q was, mm-hmm. which is was supposed to be the central the central theme of the documentary, but ended up yeah. being kind of an ancillary theme, really.
0: Uh, the identity of Q. The identity of Q. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it, it took a backseat so many times.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: And it felt like they were trying so hard to, to frame the documentary series with that. Um, and it kind of seemed like they were just kind of... They had so many balls in the air. It's like okay, at the end of this episode, we'll hint that oh maybe this person's cute, and it's like yeah. The conclusion it reaches, it's like, I mean, the second that that like that 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 person is asked directly that like <laughs> on it, I'm like uh yeah okay <laughs> yeah it's like they're playing their card way too early, right um. Yeah, should we talk more in spoilers? Do yeah, we, I think should we should do go into spoilers. Any, um, any
2: non-spoilers? The the only other formatting thing oh, yeah. I was curious about. Do you guys think that he should have like waited a little bit longer to release this? Because like the last episode deals with like the insurrection, yeah. and that's pretty much the end of it. I mean, mm-hmm. and since then. There's, I mean, granted, there hasn't, I don't think there's been a whole lot going on with Q, but Mm -hmm. I find that whole aspect of it just almost equally fascinating. Like, what do these people do once it's almost proven that Mm -hmm. it's, that nothing is going to happen, you know? Like, should he have waited another, like, six months or whatever and gathered some more footage of... You know, these regular people who bought into this so much.
0: I would be very, I would be more interested in seeing that explored mm-hmm. than what we got here. Um hmm. And it's interesting because as someone who hasn't really read up on the kind of um psychology of it and all the stuff that's been reported about <laughs> QAnon and the QAnon followers and everything... I found that stuff in the documentary to be more compelling than the Philippines stuff and the legal battles and the social network stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I, it just, tur- it felt like at at a certain point, the documentary series just turned into the story of 8chan. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. like, Already, like from the outset, I'm like I don't give a shit about this as a platform. I don't care about the legal struggles of it. I don't care about the, I don't care about the stuff that they're talking about with this particular thing because I think it's a dumpster fire of a thing anyway. Um, I will say that the Fred um, Brennan, Brennan, his story and his his arc throughout it is is interesting to me. is very interesting, and I do I will say that he's like the one person that I kind of at least got behind um, he's not despicable he's not totally despicable i mean he's, he's not particularly likable either. right, right. Oh, yeah no, no, no. he's
2: <laughs> he's like got a maga hat in some scenes yeah. and right like at maybe this is a spoiler thing hmm. but
1: yeah okay um but to answer your question i i'm actually happy with the timing of it because i think j- just for the reason that Obviously, people aren't going to forget about the insurrection, Mm. but I'm glad it was released while... I mean, this was released within three months of the actual insurrection. It's still very fresh in everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they're still arresting people from it, so it's like it's still a very recent thing, and I think Mm. it's... uh, I'm, I'm actually happy with that, but I do think you're right that maybe some more information could have come to light over the while he was Mm -hmm. essentially essentially working on the final cut of this thing. Um, and maybe if he had waited another six months, there could have been something else that came out or a more conclusive thing for Q, I
0: guess, or I don't, I don't know. It would be interesting. And I'm, this is me making a wager or making it, making a, a proclamation, a, a, um, a drop reading. if you will a, yes <laughs> um in six months hbo is going to have q after the storm um and it'll be the <laughs> sequel to this documentary series that explores all of this stuff
2: okay. yeah uh, i i wouldn't yeah. be upset if there was a follow-up
0: at some yeah, point either. me either Yep. Yeah. uh should we go into spoilers
1: yeah
2: sure
0: alright well we're going to go into spoilers for Q into the storm it is currently streaming on HBO max and to break up this review section I'm going to play another clip from the trailer and uh, when we come back we're going to be spoiling Q into the storm
2: People conspiracy theorize about things that they think are powerful.
1: What have we conspired against?
0: Followers try to discredit reporters because we're required to find out if it's true or not.
3: It seems like Q's gone mainstream. They don't care about all the people dying. They're lunatics running the asylum. You can't expect to get counterpunched.
2: We we have to go. We need to move. Game over.
0: This Q thing is just exponential growth.
2: I think people are worried it's going to be used to radicalize more people. Do you think that
0: that is warranted? So, uh, spoilers on for Q Into the Storm. Like I said, um, I have no sympathy for people that fell in with the Q nonsense. I have no sympathy for the people who moderated the websites under the pretense of free speech and everything that let it fester and everything. I have no sympathy for really anyone in this documentary, <laughs> with the slight ex- exception of Um, Fred Brennan but he's not that doesn't excuse him from letting it you know grow out of his creation and also I thought it was interesting I did find that interesting that he was a a, kind of his growth as a as a you know as a member of society (laughs) we live in a society Um, (laughs) is that he like he um, is is a is a man with a disability who became in in entrenched in internet world, and the documentary series tries to kind of make this correlation between well he he his persona is is molded and and formed through the connections he makes online with people and the socializing the, like his social his socializing is through the internet and that created in in him, this kind of, um, 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 what's uh, border, border free, or what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, uh, this, this, uh, wow. Uh, like, a, a block. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm getting so close to having to edit this part. But um, uh, but no, it, it, kind of this unfettered um, lack of consequences kind of thing. So when he did kind of recognize that, oh, shit, this is the real world. This is influencing the real world. Like that kind of felt a little bit performative in the documentary series. Like kind of a like, okay, this is the point where you have to have this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. also. Saving face. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, I, I do appreciate that they included it. So, spoilers on cue into the storm. What'd you guys think?
1: Mm, go. I'll let you go first, Ben. <laughs>
2: um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Uh, it is very easy to sympathize with Frederick Brennan, but, mm-hmm. uh, like you were saying, he's he's not innocent in mm-hmm. any of this. Like he, obviously, he created it and it spun out of control and then the whole series is almost him fighting against it and then i forget if it's the last episode or the second to last when he basically just says like yeah you guys can you guys can have it but just change the name that's all i care about oh yeah that kind of that wasn't a good sign for him no um uh i don't know yeah the the rest of it i i was you know it's it's very easy to get on board with him you mm-hmm. know um and he's he's a charismatic he's uh funny he's engaging and he has he has a good relationship with um the filmmaker mm-hmm. um so it's it's easy to see why so much of the focus was on him the rest like both of the Watkins, though, like, they are insane. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it is yeah. it is absolutely easy to see why either one of them or both of them could be Q. Mm-hmm. So,
1: right.
0: Yeah. The kind of, the way that the documentary kind of, first of all, I, I do think that Cullen uh, Hoback, did. It, I found it really compelling the way that he got close to the subjects. And yeah. his, like, his kind of kind of congenial congenial con, congenital no <laughs> uh he's kind of like i guess friendship or closeness to the subjects that he's interviewing really went a long way to kind of demonstrate the trust that he has with the with the subjects and kind of digging into all that so the way that he kind of gets ron to sort of admit like i'm i'm back and forth on it because it feels like okay the documentary is clearly making it like pretty apparent that like, okay, the position of the documentary is that Ron Watkins is Q or is Q when he moved to 8chan. Um, and it's like, it's this weird thing between the documentary wanting to explain to us why that's the case. And also Ron wanting to explain to us that he's Q, um, in the most like obvious way, like, uh, yeah. And then, um, when we had that big moment, I thought it was interesting that they that he that they laughed about it. Um, I thought that, that was kind of interesting. I don't know. How did you feel about that kind of narrative thread throughout the documentary and the way that it came about at the end?
1: I mean, I, I think it's to me, it's, uh, it's borderline obvious that, mm-hmm. that Ron and his dad are Q. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it's it's pretty much obvious to me, and and I think it was from the get go because they're clearly during all these interviews it's not that they're being dishonest or that they're mm-hmm. being that they're lying but they're being clearly deceptive yeah and they're clearly hiding something like these guys are not they're not good actors they're mm. incredibly inconsistent mm-hmm. and it's it, it's just obvious that they're hiding something and then and that
0: <laughs> their socialization comes from like internet land right. yeah <laughs> so they don't know how to interact with people
1: they're they're used to working behind a wall of anonymity mm-hmm. and and working off of a keyboard instead of their yeah. mouths and and Much it,
0: like we work behind a
1: paywall check out patreon.com <laughs> <slash> obsessive viewer <laughs> but it, it <laughs> back it backfired so hard on on the walk-ins and mm-hmm. and I think Fred Fred Brennan while he's he's the most sympathetic of the three and he's mm-hmm somewhat culpable culpable in this uh, i think he was very much obsessed with his own image and mm-hmm. th- throughout all of this when he was becoming a more sympathetic character and he was he was sort of coming out as the more uh, defensible of the three he he just threw himself into that mm-hmm. th- in his online persona because he was doing these interviews with uh, Cullen Colin Hoback and and saying all these things and then he would go on Twitter or wherever and just light up the Watkins so yeah. so hardcore <laughs> and and it was it was just not wasn't a good move on his part and right. it it kind of revealed that he was really just sort of obsessed with his image and and, and maintaining his image online and it it sort of sullied his character I think in the mm. documentary but um but yeah the 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 both of the Watkins are just they're just like gross Oh, absolutely. Very gross people, and and like not, and like, I'm not trying to like kink shame or anything, like Mm -hmm. be what, be into whatever you're into, but it's Mm -hmm. like they're, I I can't even. The way
2: that they go about it to this guy who is almost a complete stranger to them is
1: weird and gross. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't, I can't, I'm not sure if I really know people like that. And so it's hard for me to characterize them even Mm because they're just, they're very, they're like, they're like used car salesmen who can't who can't socialize. Yeah. Uh, it's like they forget your name and they uh, they're like oh no I'm I'm not into that thing that's on my search engine. Like I'm not into <laughs> that at all. Like oh I have this website that's the most politicized website in the entire fucking world but I'm not political. Like <laughs> right. it's it's like of course you are. Like it's it's just right. I don't know. They they were their deceptions were like it, it. It was it was almost like tongue in cheek. Like, yeah. no, I'm I'm not. Eight. I'm not Q. Wink, wink. Like, because <laughs>
0: it's not real to them. It's trolling. Yeah, right. It's, it's not just, real. To them. Yeah. It's just. It's so. That's what I was kind of alluding to in the non-spoilers about the people that are kind of behind the scenes of the QAnon thing are just as pathetic as the people that fall into it because, I finding this finding a. Finding a group or finding this kind of community with this just backwards ass fucking batshit insane conspiracy theory thing under the guise of like, oh, we're going to unite and save the world because of this. It's so fucking out there and crazy that like if you fall into it and you actually believe it and you think like the world is going to change because of like this fucking Internet message board that's anonymous. um, That purports to be this things that like you're certifiable. You're fucking crazy, and I'm sorry, but (laughs) uh, pretty pathetic in that in that kind of viewpoint. And the people that are behind the scenes of that aren't this. They they aren't these fucking crazy like madmen that are trying to destroy the world or anything. Um, They're just just as fucking sad and pathetic as. Any of the fucking community they've built, right? Uh, like,
2: yeah. how how old is the younger Watkins? Like oh. twenty, twenty three or something in his twenties. I, yeah, I can't remember. Probably. Yeah. Like, how much of your life did you have together right. <laughs> when right. you were that old? Yeah. I mean, granted, none of us were running uh, one of the most popular websites in the world. Right. Uh, that didn't come uh, until twenty
0: thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> ObsessiveViewer.com. <laughs> um
1: yeah i agree i i wonder um i it'd be very interesting to see again a psychologist mm-hmm. uh, analyze mm-hmm. both of those men but especially uh ron the 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 younger, yeah. younger mm-hmm. guy because yeah. um i i would venture to say I, again this is not <laughs> I'm not an expert but I would venture to say he's probably on the spectrum somewhere.
0: Yeah. And then right.
1: he might also have like a narcissistic personality mm-hmm. disorder or something like that, some kind of uh, delusion of grandeur, or something like that. I, I, I'm because I feel like he, he's so blatantly disregarding of the social aspect of what he's doing that mm-hmm. I, I think it's because he doesn't understand social interaction and mm-hmm. it's because he, he can't because he has a disorder or like he's on the spectrum or something like that. Like I, I it, there's, there's a social aspect to both of them, but Ron especially. And it feels like most
2: of that is derived from his dad and the way he, he was is. brought up. Right. And I'm curious, like if he were to be isolated from his dad for like five years, how much of his personality would change, you yeah. know? Right. Right. Um, Tell me if there's, if this is a connection worth making um, but I Third started
0: letter of the second phrasing of the, t- wait a minute, how st- many
2: letters are in that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is kind of what I, what kind of popped in my head as I was watching this, especially the, the whole Philippines crap. Mm-hmm. Is there any connection worth making between this and like Tiger King or like, hmm. uh, Matt, I know you watch this tiny, tiny, I don't know if you did class action park, Oh yeah, these kind of documentaries about these crazy people who have these power, uh, fantasies, mm-hmm. you know, hmm. I didn't watch that one, but, um, is there, I mean, maybe it's just, just two totally different things, but.
0: I can kind of see where you're going with that and I can, I can kind of get behind that in terms of tiger king i i and and also with with ron Watkins, who um is uh, apparently according to wikipedia either 33 or 34 um <laughs> oh, okay. so um guess
2: i need to move the philippines right <laughs> he
1: seems like he's about 15
0: yeah right uh, yeah as does everyone that's on fucking fortune right 4-chain. right anyway um so uh like uh, the kind of correlation that i make with tiger king and QAnon and everything is this idea of propping up um, figures that are completely self-destructive or completely self-delusional. Um, like And that's a problem that I had with Tiger King's kind of cultural phenomenon last year, was that people were entertained by this guy that is just a complete, unrepentant jackass, dipshit, fucking hostile... Narcissist. Narcissist. And like that... <laughs> that I made the correlation when we when we talked about it on the podcast but like that was like this is why this is why fucking idiots get behind Trump cuz Trump says what he says what it says what he means <laughs> he's not a real politician so he just he can say whatever he wants and everything it's like yeah but he's also a shitty fucking person like don't celebrate shitty people and shitty behavior just because you want to live vicariously vicariously through their you know their uh complete sociopathic and psychopathic lack of empathy or, um, filter in, in their, in their shit. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the correlation that I make is that people that have this kind of complete, complete, um, break with reality and they, they just fall into this idea rather than, you know, like rather than explore consequences. Like, People, people. When Tiger King came out, they were all like, "Oh, that fucking bitch, Car- Carol Baskin, and she killed her husband and stuff." It's like, he, th- there's no evidence was, of that. It was just
2: all just a, a bunch of memes yes. to everyone. So, yes, when and it's like, behind this was real people yeah. being affected by this oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: <laughs> I'm so excited because I've been I've been thinking of this stupid uh, thing. Um, I'll I'll get us there. I'll get us there. So back to Q into the storm when they were doing, um, when they were showing the Q tubers and everything, which I didn't know that that was actually a fucking term. And I yeah, kind me of neither. Being, like, yeah, um, I kind of I started thinking like you know it would have it would be incredibly easy since there's not like a fucking playbook or anything or morals or anything that it would be completely like possible to. At the right time, start your own fucking channel, make a fucking shit ton of money, just feeding the fuel of this and everything. Um, and I kind of started thinking, like, man, I could if I could have gotten into that, just to exploit these people that are blindly following this bullshit. And I was just like, no, I pu- I wouldn't have like the morals of that. <laughs> like, like, I couldn't I couldn't like live with myself if I were to do that or anything. But and then the kind of anecdote that I've been thinking because I've been thinking about the rise of true crime stuff is that and if I is that if I wanted to make like a living podcasting and stuff, I would just start a true crime podcast so I can get day drunk and like riff <laughs> about uh, make jokes about uh, the Wikipedia page for uh, stories about the people the worst days of people's lives because um, <laughs> that's all fucking true crime podcasts seem to be <laughs> yeah um, anyway um. That got away from me anyway. So, uh, well, yeah,
1: I, I do think it's an interesting parallel to draw Tiger King mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think more specifically Joe Exotic and, mm-hmm. and, and the Watkinses. Um, I think it's an interesting parallel because I think both people or both sets of people don't really see the error in their ways, yeah, to, to an extent. I think th- there was that moment, that one moment of uh, clarity with Joe Exotic where he talked about basically the the abuse and the suffering of the animals i think it was in the last episode or one of the last i can't remember exactly i haven't watched that in a while but Mm -hmm. um that that was a strangely clairvoyant moment for him but other than that it's all he never acknowledges the hell that he put his two husbands through and Mm -hmm. their families and his family and all the people who worked for him and all that terrible um and then there's other there's other people in the Tiger, tiger king documentary like that other guy I don't remember his fucking name, who had the ponytail and all the different wives, Yeah, that guy. Right, yeah. Again, clearly narcissistic, Mm -hmm. loves the power and all that stuff. Um, It it is an interesting parallel to draw, and I think there's there's a surge of that, of a popularity of those kinds of people, and it's really destructive, Mm -hmm. most notably Donald Trump. Right. Right, that's the obvious case, but it's... um, it's it's a very disturbing trend, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Really
2: would not be surprised if any of the people from Tiger King are now QAnon people. Oh, right. oh God, absolutely. yeah, totally.
0: It's interesting, because I kind of feel like to kind of, if if you were to sum up, if not the entire Trump presidency era, if not that, then at least the, the back half, um, the last uh, two years of mm-hmm. it, it kind of seems like it feeds in all of, like, everything around it, like the Tiger King phenomenon, QAnon bullshit, the um, the election and COVID and the pandemic and everything, all of that, thri- like the thriving of people and supporters thriving off of a lack of accountability and a mm-hmm. lack of consequence or anything. And it's just this weird fucking power, like power fantasy for a lot of people. I, I have no doubt that a lot of the that a, a a fair amount of the kind of more ardent Trump supporters were all like, "Oh, I just want the fucking power. Like he's he's powerful. He knows every he's mm-hmm. he's he's in power, and it pisses people off that he's in power. So I'm gonna love him unconditionally because I'm a fucking sociopath." Yeah. Um, and same with QAnon.
1: It's people taking things that should just be entertaining from a distance and giving them
0: power. Yeah.
1: Like, Donald Trump was fine when he was hosting The Apprentice and... <laughs> well, but he he wasn't... He didn't have fucking nuclear launch codes, yeah, right? And He didn't right, get
0: thousands of Americans killed.
1: Right. Uh, uh, Joe Exotic was entertaining, in a way, mm-hmm. from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Right? But now people are... After the documentary, people want him freed and, and shit like that and... You know, there's there's other examples too that I don't care to think of, but mm-hmm. the Q Q shit just blew up, and yeah. mm-hmm. these P, fucking Q people got nominated, got elected to Congress. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just That's, it's oof. it's gone. It's, it's reality TV gone out of control.
2: Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, unfortunately likely only going to get worse. I mean, there's more yeah, and more QAnon people who are running for Congress, right. and right. Uh, I mean, just this past weekend. Thank God it failed, but there was the fucking Anglo Saxon caucus or yes. whatever. What the <laughs> fuck? Ugh. Yeah. Good uh, lord. Who is uh who is comes up in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh Marjorie Tiller Green.
0: Yeah. Right. A fucking terrible person. She also uh trolled her like the 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 person whose office is like across from hers. Right. Uh, yeah. Like uh-huh. anti LGBTQ stuff, um, <laughs> who the person who is like was pointed at has a daughter that's transgender, I think. Mm. So it was like literally like a, like a personal attack on this person just yeah. for fucking trolling. her. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. So cue into the storm. <laughs> <laughs> I just coughed. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, how do you guys feel overall and we can kind of wrap up
1: <laughs> uh it's pretty it's pretty depressing really just i i think it's it's easy to sit back and um the three of us are fairly rational people mm. <laughs> and and see this as something ridiculous and uh um crazy and i i i think there's going to be too many people who want to write it off as like write off what happened as this weird
0: fluke or yeah, um, this weird fringe thing that's not going to come back to bite us in the ass or anything right or as or not, not
1: not a piece of a puzzle or a piece of a pattern like mm-hmm. it actually is right like, like we were all talking about um, uh, and, and that's really unfortunate I, I don't I don't think the documentary uh, was trying to do that I think no. I think he had a goal in mind but I, I think it it could it could again like Tiger King it could be this kind of like fun thing that just turns into a meme that we share across mm. the internet a thousand times mm-hmm. and it's um i hope it doesn't go that route but um but again overall it was uh, to kind of get to the the art of it i guess the obsessive viewing of it it was yes. it was definitely a quality documentary and again i i'm mm-hmm. really impressed with the 3 years of filming and yeah. the the, yeah. the immersive nature of his his interviewing, he he mm-hmm. threw himself into this, and uh, I think, like Matt was saying, he basically became friends with these guys. Like, right, I was blown away when he basically dropped what he was doing in the middle of the night and flew to the fucking Philippines, yeah, to get Frederick Brennan out of there because right. he was going to go to jail. And I was like, that's like. I mean, if that happened to you, Matt, I'd be yeah. like, uh, uh... "Well, yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you twenty bucks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Good luck." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and he barely fucking knows this guy. Right. Um, I'm kidding. I would, okay. I would fly to Manila It'd be for you. Forty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I would fly to Manila for you. I'm well, kidding. Thank but, you. but I wouldn't do it for some guy I barely know. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. It's it's a it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. But uh, but again, I ha- I had my issues with it. You know, I I think it was a little long and mm-hmm. it got a little um bogged down at times but i do think it was necessary to contextualize a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. because someone like me and someone who's even less who who was even less informed about what q is would be completely lost if he didn't do that so i understand he kind of had a he had to play a balance there
0: so yeah and uh two things one is um you said it was what did you say was unfortunate about it um that it was uh this is a stupid call. That, people might write it off as just people, like a joke, yeah. fluke thing. Yeah, and that would be very unfortunate. Um God damn it. and also uh, and also I would totally uh go with you to a to a tow tow company to get your car back. <laughs> in the, middle of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh yeah, Ben overall thoughts? Um Any parting thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm glad that it exists in this form. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there are some uh some documentaries or uh video essays or whatever that have dealt with this, but I'm glad that it exists in this form and that HBO backed it. Um yeah, I I definitely agree it could have and probably should have been a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Um But, uh, yeah, like just, I mean, just personally, like I, like I said, I had pretty much already known most of this. If, uh, people are interested in what we've talked about, but don't have six hours to spend. Um, like I said, there's a reply all episode. That's pretty good. Um, there's a New york Times podcast series called Rabbit hole mm-hmm. that uh is not very long it might be like eight episodes uh that deals a lot with like internet uh rabbit holes in it um uh, youtube people who get sucked into these you know these conspiracy theories and these weird uh corners of the internet um but also q on so. Mm-hmm. Um, check that out too if you uh, you know if you're bored at work or something yeah. one day and want to listen to something.
0: Yeah, Or you can bypass all of that and listen to the Obsessive Viewer um, uh, Anthology or Tower Journey. I don't know if I'd go that far. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being, <laughs> being a patron. <laughs> so okay uh, that's our review of Q Into the Storm. Um, Alright well that is our review of Q Into the Storm and uh, I do want to do a quick potpourri if you guys are game for sure. it okay mm-hmm. um do you want me to go first because i can talk about voyagers and how it wasn't yeah that good. curious okay, okay. Sure. so as i said at the top of the episode i did go see a movie in the theater for the first time in 13 months um just god it was so good to be back in the theater um i even got myself like a soda and, and <laughs> some Reese's pieces um and then just had to pee like a motherfucker after it. Um, but it was, God, it was so good. But how, the, how crowded was it? Oh, that's a good question. So when I got to the theater, okay, I forgot to mention this at the top, but I did record two videos of myself just geeking out about it. And I was going to post it on Patreon. I don't know if I still am. Cause I want to put them together. Cause I had one, one video that's like four minutes of me beforehand. And then one after of me just in the car talking about the movie. Um, I don't know. I don't I, I look like garbage cuz I didn't have time to shave in the morning. But anyway, um so I was all excited about that. And then uh in terms of it being crowded, I mean very little cars in the in in the parking lot. Like there was hardly anyone there, which was weird. I mean, it was a Monday afternoon, but it also just felt like that like obviously the reason why is because of COVID. Um but the actual theater um itself was uh three people in front of me in the row in front of me, and then like one or two people kind of down at the bottom um and that was it, which was it was nice it was you know it almost felt kind of if not normal for a Monday it kind of felt like no- it felt like uh comparable to um a Monday afternoon viewing of a movie that had been out for like a month and was yeah. like at the end of its uh, its mm-hmm. run in the normal days mm-hmm. Um, I will say the, uh, the AMC theater that I frequent, uh, in AMC, AMC as a chain does have a, um, still have a mask policy. You're required to wear masks at all times unless you're enjoying their beverages or drinks or food or snacks. Um, and that, that was cool. People in the front of me did, walked in, did not have masks on, <laughs> oh, gee, like hey. at any point. Um, and yeah, but, um... But yeah, but anyway, anyway, so it wasn't it wasn't that crowded and everything, um, and I was so tempted. I I almost went and saw In the Earth, yeah, um, uh-huh. today after work, um, but I, I didn't. Um, but but I did reactivate my A list and everything, so I have A list oh, again, nice. and it's just God, it's so it's so good. It, <laughs> like it feels so good. Um, but Voyagers. <laughs> was not a good movie <laughs> at all. Not not at all. Like it actually was a little bit better than I expected. So Voyagers is essentially it is um it's it's essentially uh oh god um what is the book? Lord of the Flies in Space. And like it is It's about a, I'll just read the plot summary. So, a crew of astronauts on a multi-generation mission descend into paranoia and madness, not knowing what is real or not. And that's kind of a misleading kind of um, description, but it stars Colin Farrell, uh, Ty Sheridan, Lily Rose Depp. Who all throughout the movie, like Lily Rose Depp did a good job, but all through the movie I was like, she reminds me so much of someone that I saw recently and I couldn't place it. it wasn't until I got in my car. Johnny Depp? Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Um, it, she, reminded, she reminds me a lot of a, of a slightly younger Odessa Young from The Stand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, uh, also, um, <laughs> uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright. Um, Oh really? He's in it. Yeah, Braun or Bran, Bran, not Braun. but Bran from Game of Thrones. It is so. I I don't know if he had like a bigger role and it just got cut down in editing, but like it is so weird that they have an actor that was in what eight nine seasons or eight seasons of Game of Thrones eight eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, he was out for a season or two, but throughout all of Game of Thrones, and like he is like. He's given fucking nothing. Like, really? I it, it it was so weird because throughout the movie I was like, d- d- that that is him, right? Like, why would they cast him? <laughs> like, why would they have like that name, that fairly big name of an actor in terms of the rest of the cast, essentially, um, for a completely nothing role, like at all. Um, so that was weird, but, um. It kind of goes like it is. It is Lord of the Flies in space. Basically, these kids are they're you know they're hitting puberty and everything, and their hormones are raging. But the scientist Colin Farrell has been in human society. The idea is that they are going to a planet that's going to take them. It's a generation ship. Um, it's going to take them decades to reach. So they're going to repopulate. And then the next generation is going to be the one that settles the planet mm-hmm. um, or the, the generation after their generation. Um, so uh, they're grandchildren. <laughs> so they are drugged every day with this blue liquid. And then they figure out like, oh, uh, in the very hacky way, like, oh, we need to stop taking the blue. And then when they do, they immediately like, oh, I'm horny and I'm angry <laughs> um, and I'm jealous. And like some of that stuff is kind of interesting, um, but they don't really do much with it. It's more it's slightly now I don't I won't say that it's gratuitous or anything, but like there's an assault scene that's like I kind of feel like should have been dealt with with a little bit more care, like a physical assault. Um, but once it at that point, it's it it starts kind of going through the paces. It's like, okay, if you know the story of Lord of the Flies, you know what, like what's going to happen, like the different factions or whatever, like what uh, they're confused about and everything. But then also it just kind of like, you know, what's going to happen to this character and this character. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was a little bit better than I expected. It looked a lot better than I expected it to. Like the exterior shots of the spaceship is cool, but, um, Had it not been the first movie I saw in a theater in 13 months, I'm pretty sure I would have already forgotten about it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's Voyagers. I mean, it's, eh, it was, it just felt like it wasn't, it was running through the paces and didn't really know what to do with the kind of big themes and, and story or like the the big implications of the story elements that it was playing with. Um, yeah. And I said in the video that I may or may not post on, on Patreon. But um, if you're interested in Voyagers, um, either read Lord of the Flies or read Seven Eves by Neil <laughs> uh, Stevenson. Because that's a much better... Kind of ex- exploration of that type of story. Seven is so cool. It's so good. So mm. good. Yeah. Uh, so that's my potpourri. By the way, I didn't mention potpourri is a section of the podcast <laughs> where <laughs> we talk about whatever we want The so kind of wind down the podcast. So that's my potpourri. And who wants to go next? I can go next. Okay. Sure. Yeah, ben described um, his bottle. So yeah. um,
2: uh, <laughs> real quick, Matt, will you be returning to the theater this weekend to see Mortal Kombat?
0: I honestly might. Like yes. I... I had this idea and I don't think I'll do it not this weekend at least but like because I was so antsy to get back into the movie theater I was like um by the way I did wear a mask the entire time um and everything and I, I you know was a, a uh I did the bear minimum. fucking sheep <laughs> yeah, fucking I'm, cheap. I'm kidding <laughs> 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 I did cover my nose tiny <laughs> um, what you trying to say? <laughs> uh patreon.com slash <laughs> but um <laughs> uh but no uh the uh I, I had this thought like oh my god like i'm gonna go i'm i'm gonna spend a day in the movie theater just watching movies <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's what i'm gonna do but then like after that i was like i don't know if i'm really comfortable doing that um but i will probably see mortal Kombat and other stuff <laughs> nice because <laughs> i just I it's just that a-list thing i just i'm just it's uh, it's your jam. It is. It is my jam. It is. It is. Yeah. It is what I do. It's what I'm known for. <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, that's that's my potpourri. There are many like it, but this one's mine. Um, <laughs> um, we go one. We go all. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think I like Ty Sheridan, the actor. Oh yeah, he didn't do I, anything for me mm, in the movie. I've never yeah. Um, yeah, mm. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I just don't yeah. think he's that great. Um, uh, so I was going to bring up over the weekend. I watched a uh, promising young woman.
0: Oh, interesting. Which I had okay. seen, um,
1: nice. just kind of saw it and rented it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, f- God damn fucking loved it. Interesting. So nice. I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I was really blown away. It was such an incredible idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely had like an agenda or like a message, but it didn't. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like annoyingly hitting you over the head with it. I think I think all of the interactions and like the misogyny and shit like that all felt pretty organic. Hmm. Um, I, I I think some of it was a little uh, you know stagey and a little uh, un uh, what's uh, unrealistic to an extent. But mm-hmm. it, it overall, I think I think it was a pretty organic feeling movie. Um, at least the the scenarios were and all that stuff. Um, and then I was just, uh, just blown away by Carrie Mulligan. Oh, oh yeah, she was mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. damn good, just incredible. Um, I also like I adore Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yep. a really really interesting role to see him in. Um, he still was doing his thing. He was still really funny, mm-hmm. but 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 had this really serious arc, um, which really showcased his skills as an actor. Um, so I, I really love those two performances, but yeah, just incredibly powerful movie. I was in just so such an original movie too. I, that's an amazing, it's a, incredible that somebody made a movie like that and, and had the mind to write and direct and produce that movie, um, which I can't remember her name, but she, she plays, um, she's an actor and she's in uh, The Crown. She plays, uh, uh, what's her face? I can't remember. One of the, one of the people in the Crown. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I should have looked it up before I started talking. The about Queen. It.
2: Who who does she play in the in promising young woman?
1: Um, I don't think she acts in the movie. She's the writer director. Oh, the writer oh, Emerald Fennel. Emerald Fennel. Yeah, she you know. is
2: the showrunner for Killing Eve.
1: Okay. And she she might be in the Crown I'm as brief. an actor. I I'm almost positive she plays um. Camilla. Okay, uh, Camilla, what's her face? Yeah,
0: yeah, Camilla Parker Bowes. Camilla Parker Bowes, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I just looked uh, it up. Yeah, um, so I listened to it.
1: listened to an interview with her on uh, NPR where she was talking mm-hmm. about writing this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I it would have totally been. I wish I would have seen it last year. It would have been um in my top ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I thought yes. it was awesome. You guys have both seen it, right? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. And it Matt,
0: was it like in your honorable mentions? It was in my top 10. Wasn't it? In your, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I had and I've I've wanted to revisit it um, cuz it, it's just such it's an interesting movie. I was floored by it and then yeah. as I kind of had more conversations and everything like with Ben and with with our friend Evan from the IFJ, I kind of I, it's something that I need to revisit and everything. But the thing that really stood out to me and I really um, love to your point, tiny about the uniqueness of it is the way that it develops or, or depicts that misogyny in the way that every, every male character in that movie movie, with the exception of Bo Burnham, who's kind of the, kind of the, um, uh, good one for a bit I guess right right. like he's he's like the he's the outlier of this but every male character is like in like intentionally in a different movie Mm. in this yeah very heightened like um raunchy comedy type of movie yep and like that juxtaposition with a revenge thriller kind of kind of thing with Carrie Mulligan's character with all the men characters being like this just heightened kind of almost parody of the classic like um, bro out dude movie thing um, and kind of reckoning with the consequences of that is really interesting.
2: Yeah. Where, I, where did
1: it fall on your list, Ben? I forget.
2: Uh, it was not in my top 10. I forget if I saw it in 2020. Okay. Because it it was either right at the end of 2020 or right at the beginning of 21. Okay. Um but to, to go along with what Matt was saying, um, I, I when the first time I watched it, I was really impressed with like each of her different like marks, or even really all of the different guys. They all have their own different excuse for being in the situation that they're in
0: internal logic
2: right and they all they all play as like things that we've all heard before as Mm -hmm. as just different excuses from uh, terrible people yeah so i that was a a part of the script that i really enjoyed
1: Mm -hmm. nice yeah i was kind of blown away by it yeah
2: and i i think still i would say it's probably my favorite cast of 2020 like top to bottom nice. like i loved like her parents i loved uh you know all of the the different mark guys mm-hmm. like christopher men's Plaza, yeah. Yeah. uh sam richardson yes and, um,
0: uh, adam brody yeah
2: yeah. Uh-huh. yeah right um
0: um sam richardson uh, by the way love him uh, oh, yeah. Detroiters yeah. is amazing, if you haven't seen it. And uh, also, he's in a couple sketches on... Uh, um, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. hmm. Um And even... Uh, is it Jake Johnson the from New Girl? Uh, oh, no. Schmidt, Schmidt. From,
0: yeah. Not the, Jake Johnson. Not Jake Johnson, but... Um, Max Greenfield. Max Greenfield Max Greenfield. Yes. yes. He go. was great too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was really utilized oh, yeah.
2: really well. Totally.
0: Oh yeah. We'll have to talk off mic about the ending because it's very controversial yes. and very um kind of I I feel like the ending of that movie makes or breaks that movie for a lot of people. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I have that's where my big conflict with it comes uh, into play, but I was kind of It was an, it was a movie that I spent the majority of the next day, day and a half after seeing it, just contemplating and just letting it sit with me and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very close to being my number one movie of the year, but I had also uh, just gone through fucking having COVID (laughs) and (laughs) uh, postponing the recording so much because I didn't want to figure out my top 10. So I think I ended up. Just having it, um, I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, Max Greenfield had one of the like most epic douchey
1: lines I've Mm -hmm. ever heard in my life in that movie, where he said um, he was talking about one of the he was talking about a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was a bridesmaid or something, and he was like, "Yeah, she's a yoga instructor, so you could like you could come on her ass and her face at the same time or something like that." Jesus, he says it to Bo Burnham, and Bo Burnham's like, "Oh, yeah." I was like, "That's exactly how I would respond." to (laughs) Jesus, it's one of the douchiest things I've ever heard. He.
2: Uh, one of the things that like, he probably wasn't even trying this, but he has a way of just like, there's a, the, a moment at the very end when he is staring into a fire and just the way that he is staring at that fire is just funny to me. Just the, the face that he makes. is just, yeah. he's a very physical know. actor. Yeah. 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 Um, i'm curious had you heard anything about like the critical backlash to it or anything like that no not at or all. have you looked into it i haven't no okay I, I, we'll, i'm curious we'll have though. to talk about that yeah, off yeah. mic because yeah i i wasn't aware of it going into it and uh for a little bit afterwards i had not really bought into it but i've i wouldn't say i've turned the corner on it but mm-hmm. i can understand where people are coming from okay but yeah, yeah. we'll talk off mic
0: yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's Tiny's Potpourri. Ben, yeah. uh, do you want to round us out? Uh, sure. So I've
2: kind of got two, uh, if you'll allow it. Absolutely. Um, real quick. Uh, one is a series on AM- HBO Max called Infinity Train. Are huh. you guys... Doesn't look like you're familiar. No, not no. at all. Um, are you guys fans or familiar at all with the show Adventure Time from Cartoon oh, Network?
0: Um, I, I, I've never seen it. I'm a aw- I'm aware of it and everything. Okay, but never seen same. It.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it, but okay.
2: Yeah. Um, well, Adventure Time is probably it. It might be like a top ten show of all time for me. Nice. Um, and Infinity Train is kind of in that same mold. It's this very. Uh, it's an animated cartoon, and it, I don't believe it's made by the same people. But it looks, it, it has a very same similar style. animation style. Yeah, um, usually very bright, uh, very kind of silly attitude a lot of the time, um, but still very much like. I don't think I would let my kids watch this. Okay. I would let them watch Adventure Time because it's it's a lot more kid friendly. But this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't really a it's it gets to some dark places but not anything like super super adult um but it's it's an interesting little uh it's so the the central concept basically is each season deals with a different protagonist who finds himself stuck on this infinity train that is um just this endless train gigantic train that is just going nowhere and uh in each train car are these different little worlds and they have to navigate each car and um try it's the whole overarching theme to it is basically it's a big extended therapy metaphor they have to like try to figure out how to fix their real world problems in one way or another Um,
0: (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's it's this uh it's this big uh endless train that has no end in sight or anything and it's all a big metaphor for therapy and uh (laughs) fixing their real world problems and everything are you talking about infinity train or this podcast for me (laughs) well i'm glad you brought that up matt
2: that's what i'm really here for you said it not us (laughs)
0: um
2: (laughs) so it's it's a really fun inventive uh show um each episode is only like 11 minutes Mm -hmm. so and and there's only 10 episodes per season um the last the fourth season which is uh as far as I know, the last season mm-hmm. uh just dropped actually this past week on HBO oh, Max. Wow. Um hmm. so it's super quick and easy to get through. I mean you could watch an entire season in the less than the time it would take to, I don't know, say just for an example, watch a David Fincher movie about the uh process of creating the <laughs> screenplay for Citizen Kane.
0: Oh, uh, I see what you're anyway. doing. <laughs> yeah, I've Just been super busy watching everything else except for that. <laughs>
2: Tiny, have you seen Mank yet?
1: No, I haven't
0: watched it. Tiny, yet. God, no, I oh, know, right?
1: You gotta.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of extended metaphors, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, and uh, the voice cast is really great. There's some good cameos. Um, J.K. Simmons was on the most recent one. Nice. Lena Headey pops in every once in a while. Uh I think in every season um there's some really funny like all, I think every season has these little like robot or anthropomorphic companions um okay. but yeah uh quick and easy little show um the other one that I wanted to bring up is the Amazon series Invincible
0: Oh I'm so glad you brought I haven't watched it but I'm very curious about that
2: Okay um, so it's based on a comic book series, I think from Robert Kirkman, yeah, creator of the walking dead. Um, and it's, uh, I've really enjoyed it so far. There's six episodes out. Uh, they come out every Friday. I don't know how many episodes are going to be in the first season, maybe eight or 10. Um, but it's, it's a superhero show. Um, The way I kind of think about it is kind of like the Watchmen meets like Spider-Man or the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically like uh, Stephen Young is the main character. Um, He's this high schooler who learns he has superpowers and his dad is basically Superman and it's a world with, you know, tons of other superheroes they form these leagues and there's this government agency that overruns or over oversees them and they they deal with you know alien invaders and crime sprees and whatnot but um it's i've really enjoyed it so far um plus the the cast the voice cast is just Mm -hmm. incredible i mean stephen young sandra o jk simmons J. K. Simmons plays Stephen Young's dad, uh Zazzy Beats, Walton Goggins, Gillian Jacobs, nice. Andrew Ranald, Zachary Quinto, Jason Mantzoukas, Mark Hamill pops nice. in once or twice. Wow. Mahershala Ali. Uh I mean I, I could keep going, but just mm-hmm. every episode is just tons of wow. great great uh voice actors. <laughs>
0: Thing that really appeals to me about what I've seen of it um, and makes me interested in seeing it is the the animation style because mm-hmm. it looks, it it's a dead ringer for like classic Saturday morning cartoons like super mm. superhero cartoons, right. um, so that makes me just very uh, giddy to watch it.
2: I I definitely agree. The action scenes are well animated and they look cool. Nice. It's kind of weird like and maybe this is just me but like the more casual kind of dialogue scenes they I don't know they just kind of look and feel kind of funny like okay. only their eyebrows will move or only their mouths mm-hmm. will move it's I don't know it's kind of weird maybe if if you check it out let me know if I'm crazy yeah. or not
0: by the way it's um, 8 episodes the final episode is going to air April 30th and there are 40 like 48 yeah. Hour hour long episodes. Yeah. Forty eight minute hour-long episodes.
2: Um the only other thing that I'll note is that it is super violent. Mm. Um like nice. especially the the end of the first episode is uh gross, almost <laughs> like uh heads getting ripped off and arms being ripped off and eyeballs being gouged out and it's <laughs> it's a lot i mean it fortunately from there it kind of tones down a little bit but it's still almost every episode is has at least one moment where it's super violent and dark wow. so if that's not your thing then uh probably avoid it mm. hmm. but nice. yeah i i've been enjoying it so far
0: sweet cool um yeah i'm i'll probably watch it and uh check it out soon yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that rounds us out for this episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Yep. Um, next time, at some point, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do Ebert's Great Movies List, Part Eight, with Tiny. Um, we're gonna be talking about um, uh, Paths of Glory, um, The Searchers. Yep. And whatever movie I picked.
2: The Circus Uh, The
0: Circus circus. Oh yeah Because it was only like 70 minutes long (laughs) Um, In the Circus So that's your guys' homework uh, Both here and the listeners And uh, and we might do an Oscar wrap up kind of thing And maybe a stowaway review I don't know But anyway Check out our other shows Uh, Tiny and I will eventually do Another Tower Junkies at some point And I'm killing it with um, You know um, Anthology So check all that out And uh, yeah, just want to say once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Um, no, I, have I've cried a lot. I've cried, I've cried a fair amount. Um, <laughs> Suddenly he changes the story. Well, I just wanted, I, I don't want to put up a, put up a front, um, for, for the listeners and everything. Cause they're actually paying me for this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. Let's
3: let them see the real authentic Matt.
0: Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I was just going to do a stupid thing. Feel like all right. This is DJ. I usually don't
3: announce this. I know, well, because I just on. started
0: laughing, and I and it would have been weird. But uh, here's here's the real, authentic Matt. This is DJ Matty Fresh. <laughs> all right, I think we're done. I think we've given the people
3: what they want. <laughs> yeah. The Obsessive Viewer Podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV Archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I Am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our TeePublic store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at TeePublic.com. T-E-E-Public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out ShocktoberinIrvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to ObsessiveViewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at AnthologyPod.com at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for the obsessive viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Kitty!